Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Let's just start the year by giving Jesus one big praise. Can we do that? Come on, come on, lift it up. Come on, lift it up. Thank you, Jesus. We exalt you. We praise you. We glorify you. We recognize you. We thank you. God, we're excited about you. God, we adore you. Wonderful King, mighty God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just get the sense that as we praise him, we step further into his goodness. And I I get the feeling that the last decade was a tee-up. <laughs> and uh, uh, we just got our, our little our little son, two and a half, a little T-ball set for Christmas. And uh, you know, it's got the little stand, a little plastic ball, and <clears throat> the stand. You set the ball on the stand. Why? To make it easy to hit. And I feel like God has been teeing it up. so that we can uh, knock it out of the park. And how many people know that God likes to take us from glory to glory? That God is, is into our increase because it's not for ourselves. It's to bring him glory. That his bride would become exceedingly beautiful without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Amen? And so God is getting ready to take us into increase. He's getting ready to take us into to more glory because that's what he he does and I love you know every every new year there's always talk about the new year and the increase that God is is bringing guess what you don't have to twist God's arm with a prophetic word how many people knew that was true people are like is that a trick question no it's not a trick question you don't have to twist God's arm with a prophetic word like it doesn't work that way We're supposed to receive the prophetic from him. We don't have to convince God with a a flashy title, with a new prophetic word, that this is what God's going to do. God is a God of increase. This means yes. (laughs) God is a God of increase, amen? That God is always doing a new thing. Because everything he touches, he makes new. He's always doing a new thing. Behold, all things, somebody say all things, all things are made new. That's who God is, and it's what he does. So we don't need a a, a catchy slogan. We just need to learn how to say yes to the momentum. Someone called it out earlier that they're, they're, where are you from? From the river of God. (laughs) Because there is a river. That's his presence that's flowing. There's a river that makes glad the city of God, and our job is to step into what he's already doing. Thank you, Jesus. But, but God is building uh, momentum. He's teeing it up, and uh, one, one f- fun uh, thing of increase is we have some good friends that just moved here. And, uh, and uh, Seth and Lauren Dahl just moved here, and uh, there you are. You snuck up on me. And uh, you guys can come up here, and, and uh, they've been leaders in uh, Bethel Reading for many, many years, had different roles, various things, 
have also been ministering down in L.A. I think they love you guys already. I've been ministering in L.A. For a, for a handful of years, and now uh, God has brought them here, so I'm going to let them tell you more about that. Well, we just got here like five days. You got here five days ago. I got here two days ago. We're all moved in. We, we're just moving here to be a part of this church and this family and to be um, launched from here. We're going to serve here. I just signed up for the kids. I'm going to do my once a month kids thing with Megan. Um, but we, we just came to be part of this family. We've, we, yeah, I need to put my fin- do my fingerprints and background check and check my experience. Um, we're, we're just pumped to be here. We bought a little house. We got a little land. We brought our cow. We brought our kids. We're bringing two horses. At the end of the month, we're buying chickens. We, we're here. And um, we're excited. I, we've been doing um, fam, a lot of family ministry the last couple of years. And the last few weeks, I've been making notes on a new idea, two new ideas. So I'm probably, when, once we get fully landed, we're going to start two new ministries. Um, one of them will be serving the churches here in Austin. It's a new idea. I can't tell you anything about it yet except that. <laughs> and then another idea for the homeless. So we're going we're gonna to build new stuff and have a lot of fun and just be family with you guys. Stay here. We're going to pray for these guys. And, uh, you know, these guys are, are leaders in the body of Christ, um, minister all over the world. Seth leaves Monday for Taiwan. Taiwan and um, they're coming here, as he said, to be a part of the community. Um, he's not coming on in a staff position. He ha- they have a ministry that goes all over. They're going to continue to do that. They're just going to be based here and do that. But they are going to be a part of the family, a part of the team. So doing classes, uh, seminars, preaching every once in a while. They'll be a part of, uh, of the, the family. So we want to bless them, their transition and their deposit here and all that. So, yeah, a couple of leaders. Just extend your hands towards them. And uh, we're just going to. We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Father, we thank you for these two. We thank you for the strength that they mean to the body of Christ and the strength that they're bringing to Bethel Austin. I pray that we can be a strength in return to them. And God, I thank you for the joy that they're bringing along with that strength and the favor. God, we just say uh, open pastures before them, Father, in Jesus' name. Favor, Father. Yeah, favor before them, favor behind them, God. We bless them. We speak to the the spiritual atmosphere, and we say come into alignment with the authority and favor that rests on their life. We bless you, and we bless your feet, and we bless this season that you would grow and multiply in every way. Yeah, like Obed-Edom, your whole household would be blessed. Wow, as you dwell in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, so we bless you with that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Dear, 
your cows and your chickens yes. and <laughs> would be blessed. <laughs> Man, I love Jesus. And uh, I'm just feeling a little feisty in the, in the love of Jesus. But I was, I was down there. I was like, we need, to, we need to kick this new year off with some breakthrough. And uh, kick this decade off with some breakthrough and just declare the goodness of God, not just in, in, not just in song, not just in word, but in action too. And so we're just going to release some miracle love of God right now. We're just going to release the grace of God, the power of God, the goodness of God right now in Jesus' name. I just, how many people that you've been, that you've been, You've been healed either physically, emotionally, a relationship uh, in this house in the last uh, two years. How many people have been healed in some tangible way? You've been healed. Just put your hand up. Just give us a wave. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Look, what God does, that's the testimony right there. What God does, he's willing and able and ready to do again with anticipation. You know, last week we have some uh, a great a great couple that's well loved in our community. Their father was in town for the holidays visiting, and during worship he's up here right by this speaker, waving his starts waving his cane over his head in worship. And we're all like, "What's happening over there?" It turns out he got completely healed in worship, just just in the presence. Somebody say the presence. And uh, God healed them, and then just seeing the testimonies on Facebook, uh, going, taking uh, the grandkids for walks without his cane and no pain, and he just got completely healed. Thank you, Jesus. And I love one of our, one of our team members, Shane, uh, was talking to him after, and he said, here, come here, let me, let me show you these spots on the carpet. He goes, see, those, those are my tear spots. Come on. When I realized what God had just done for me. Whew, thank you, Jesus. That just messes me up right there. But uh, God's, God's getting ready to break out with a whole new wave. How many people don't want yesterday's testimonies alone? But we want those to be a foundation for the more. We want those to be something that we, a springboard of celebration that unlocks the more that God is already ready to do. So we're just going to release some things right now in, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Uh, I, bl- I saw blood conditions specifically, and, uh, and I even uh, just platelets, um, but any blood condition, if that makes sense to you, and specifically I saw a count, uh, something, sometimes a count is too high is bad, sometimes too low is bad. I saw a count that was too low specifically, and I saw God healing that. So if that's you, you could just go ahead and stand up. I also heard the word degeneration. Anybody's got degeneration in, in a joint area? Um, I saw the, the hip specifically, but uh, knees, back. God, God, whatever he touches, he makes new. Thank you, Jesus. So if that's you, I just want you to go ahead and stand up. Any neuropathy, we've had so many testimonies of people with loss, uh, lack of feeling, loss of feeling, numbness, any of that type of thing uh, in extremities, God just restoring it in a moment. If uh, that makes sense to you, I want you to stand up. Um, I actually saw a shoulder injury, but I, but I saw like a crack, like something uh, like fell or hit. There was a, a trauma, uh, a, like a blunt force trauma to the shoulder. Uh, if that makes sense, stand up. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I also feel like an ulcer. Uh, ulcer condition. God is touching that right now. If that's you, go ahead and stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Floaters in the eyes. <laughs> stand up. Thank you, Jesus. You guys all came together? There's like a whole <laughs> a whole group that just stood up. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Uh, and uh, we've had many people healed here of this already, but I was reminded of it again in worship. People who don't have the ability to smell or to smell properly, I want you to stand up. Thank you, Jesus. And because God hates cancer, and we love God, so we hate what he hates. Anyone that has uh, cancer, uh, symptoms, any of that, I want you to stand up. Gross or tumors, stand up. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Uh, restricted mobility, restricted mobility, I want you to stand up in any form, restricted mobility, it could be a joint, it could be an injury, it could be something you were born with, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, all right, and anyone else right now that you're just like, I feel the presence of God on me, why isn't he calling my condition? Well, it's because I'm not perfect, but God wants you to stand up too. So go ahead and stand up. And uh, that's a lot of people. Um, and so we're going to pray. And uh, I'm going to release you to pray. Listen, how many people know God is good? Oh, I, I need more help than that. How many people know God is good? But God loves to display his goodness through you and I. And God's going to release grace. What is grace? It's God's operational power at work on our behalf. God's going to release his ability to do what we can't do. And if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I, I, I can't do this. I can't heal anybody. I have good news for you. You're right. You can't. That's where grace comes in. God's just going to do it because you trust him. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So we're just going to release, listen, we're not going to release our best prayer, our best effort, our best ability. We're going to release grace. One more time, say grace. 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 So we have a couple of rules for this time right now, okay? When you pray, number one is you're not allowed to pray hard. Why? Because it's not your ability, it's his grace. And number two, if it's not our ability, it's his grace, then rule number two is you have to have fun. Because if, I, if the responsibility isn't on me, I get to trust a good God and see him do amazing things, then that should be fun. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. All right, if you're standing for a prayer, now listen, God's going to move. God's going to move wonderfully right now. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. If, you, if you're standing for a prayer, I want you to put your hand up so we know who our targets are. And if you're not standing for prayer, you are going to release God's grace. So I want you to stand up. Don't move yet. Just stand up and get ready. Just look around. Find somebody who's got their hand up. That's, that's your target. And you're going to move. Now listen, we're only going to take about two minutes to pray. Why? Because God is that good. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, you're, just gonna, you're not going to pray your longest, hardest, best prayer. And if you're receiving prayer, please don't take the whole two minutes giving them the backstory on your condition. 
God already knows. Just point. Just, just, it's my hip. It's my neck. They don't need to know the story. God knows the story. They just need to know where to point their grace gun and release the goodness of heaven. Now, if you believe that God wants to mark this year and this decade with his grace, then I want you to go and find somebody with their hand up right now. And I just want you to release the grace of heaven over their body in Jesus' name. Release the presence of God over their body. Remember that God is the one who's going to get the glory. That God is the one who's going to get the honor and the worship and the praise and the adoration. Not you. But he loves to partner with his children. So I want you to declare over that condition in the name of Jesus, I just command that condition to disappear in Jesus' name. And whatever it is, I command mobility to be restored. I command, I command smell to be restored. I command uh, the blood levels to come into alignment. If you have your hand up and no one's praying for you, just start waving. Just start waving. We have a lady down here on the very front row. Is there someone who can... An extra set of hands that can get there. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for your goodness. Come on. For the last minute, I want you to up the ante right now. Get a little bit more joyful. Get a little bit more aggressive. And just speak to that thing like you mean it. Come on, like you mean it. Like you believe that God's going to move wonderfully through this year. Come on, in the name of Jesus, we just release your grace in that body right now. We release your grace and your breakthrough, and I command this thing to loose your body in Jesus' name. I command the pain to go. I command the dysfunction to go. I command the tumor to disappear. I, I speak mobility to be restored in Jesus' name. Whoa, Father, I thank you for grace being released in this room right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, if you just received prayer, I want you to check your body. Don't sit down before you check your body. And listen, that doesn't mean you do, do a courtesy like, like quarter bend. Like, no, bend over, twist, move that elbow, move your neck, do something. Pick up your neighbor over your head. Like, do something. Everybody stay standing. We're not done. Stay standing. Check your body. <clears throat> I'm going to let you sit down in just a moment. <clears throat> stay standing if you're able. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> All right. Hey, listen. I got a couple of questions for you. I gotta, if, if you're able, please stand. If you can stand. We're almost done. <clears throat> I got a couple of questions. How many people in the room love Jesus? Next question, how many people think releasing the love of God to others is fun? Come on, thank you, Jesus. All right, you just checked your body. If you haven't checked your body, check it. And, and listen, we prayed by faith. I want you to check your body by faith. Now listen, as you're checking, you can even check again. <clears throat> that as you check, I want you to recognize that even 2% is a testimony. What does that mean? That means God entered the equation. That means that he started the process of making it new. And what God starts, he likes to finish. 
Look, if God, if God brought 5% or 10% breakthrough, 20% breakthrough, don't hide that and go, oh, I can't share that. It's not 100%. No, you actually put a cap on what God's doing. But when you testify, what you give thanks for in the kingdom increases. So how many people right now tonight, you would say that God touched your body and he brought some measure of breakthrough to your body? Right now, put your hand up. Put it up high. And just begin to do this for me so that it's easy for people to see. Just really, come on, do this, wave like this. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. You people must really love Jesus. If, if you got 20% breakthrough or more, keep waving. 20% or more. And, and put it up all the way so we can see. Come on, 40% or more, keep waving. Come on, 50% or more, keep waving. Come on, 60, keep waving. 70, come on, keep waving. 80%, thank you, Jesus. 90, 100%, just wave, give me a big wave. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Listen, 80% in the neighborhood of 80%, right? Put your hand back up. And I just want you, I just want, I'm going to point at you, I just want you to shout what part of your body God just touched. 80% or more, that range. What, Sandra, your knees. Come on, thank you, Jesus. The lady in the, in the pink top in the very back. Your eyes. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Yes, is that Anderson? Your eyes. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, who else over here? I, yeah. Floaters. Come on, Jesus. Eyes. God, God, knew, God knew I was preaching on eyesight today. This is awesome. The, the, back here, in the very back, the lady. The, the, yep, blonde. Huh? You're back. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, how many people like hearing good news? So just to make sure we didn't miss anybody, anyone want to give praise to God over here that, that I missed? It's hard to see. You're back. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Did... All over. Come on. God of the overhaul. Come on. Listen, he makes, he makes some things new. No, he makes all things new. All right, back over here, 80%. Come on. Yes, sir, right here. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir, right here. Floaters, come on, Jesus. Yes, right here. Whoa. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I just got really happy when you shared that. Can you come up here? <laughs> Why she's sharing last one back there. Neuropathy in your toes. Can you come up here too? Something on that ner the nerve conditions. Thank you and feeling. Thank you. Hi. Sorry for putting you on the spot, but not really. What's your, what, what's your name? Jamila. Ooh, that's an amazing name, Jamila. I like that. 
So uh, what? how long has that been going on? Um, I've been diabetic since I was 18. So almost tw- 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And what feels different? Um, sometimes at work, I'll get really bad nerve pain to the point where like holding my arms in a certain position hurts. But mm-hmm. when you start like asking people to stand up, my arms start like burning. And as people started praying, it just felt lighter. Mm. Like, it's not gonna be a problem anymore. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I love it. And what happened over here for you? Well, I have three toes on each foot for some reason that are just numb. They're just like not there. So before you even started praying, this side went completely fine. I mean, I got my toes back. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And this side's about 80%. So, but I can feel them. They're not numb, and I can, you move them. So, yay. <laughs> well, wait, stay there. I see some hungry people down here that, that want to fin- finish you off. But I feel like there's something. I just quickly want to have you guys pray. There's something about... Um, this this awakening, yes, physically of nerves, but it represents spiritually a feeling and sensitivity and a, and a, and a, a reawakening. And uh, so can you just pray that God would, what he's done for you, that he would do for others in the room, both physically and spiritually. It'd be short. I can help you. You, you got it? Um, I just pray for total freedom in the body that God gave you so you're able to lift and move your body the way that you want to worship. That you're flying and you're soaring and there's just nothing from this earth holding you down. Yeah, like you're a complete angel in the heavens. Yeah, you got that. I just declare that anybody has nerve damage anywhere in your body, that it be healed now in the name of Jesus, that you would rise up and get all your feeling back, and that your spiritual feet will just be on fire, and that you would be able to walk wherever God wants you to go, and you will just feel the passion of the Lord from your toes up. Come on. I love it. Let let them pray for you, too, on way back to your seat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for turning it all the way up. Thank you, Father. Let's pray. <clears throat> Did we forget to do that? Jesus, we thank you for the remainder of this service, God. We ask that you would bless it. But really, God, we ask that you would bless the, this year. God, I thank you that you would set, set it up, God, for increased apprehension of momentum, increased understanding of your grace, of your goodness, of the awareness of who you are and how you're moving in our lives. Jesus, I, don't, I thank you that we don't have to convince you to be good. You're already good. We're just in this great adventure, this exploration of discovering your goodness, how deep it goes in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I, have, I have several thoughts kind of going through my mind that I've been that pondering. <clears throat> so I pray that God weaves them together uh, tonight and helps me, helps me. Thank you, Jesus. Help. <laughs> that he would help me because if he helps me, that would help you. That it all makes sense by the end. But God is but God is a God of increase. We don't need to revisit that. But 
but it's true. He, God is always moving and he's always expanding. And we don't have to twist his arm to, do, to come and do good things, to take us from glory to glory. We just have to learn how to say yes and to step into what, to what God is doing. And uh, I was, I was um, several weeks ago, really, I was praying and asking God about this coming year and, and, and what's on his heart and what's he doing. And, and he gave me a very concise answer. And he just said, I'm cutting out the fat. It's a, it's a year of, of cutting out the fat. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, I'm not sure if that sounds fun or not, but you were pretty clear. And, and then I started to, to, to ponder. Um, you know, there's been so many words, um, social media, anywhere you turn. You know, 2020, it's so, so easy to, to turn that into God's giving us better vision. As the body of Christ, 2020, better vision, increased vision, all those things. And, and uh, so many words, so many prophets, and this word, and I, so I said, God, cutting out the fat doesn't, doesn't sound like what everyone else is saying. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, am I missing something? Are they missing something? What's going on? And God simply spoke to my spirit, and he said, how do you think you come out with better vision? And, uh, and so, you know, I love, I, love, I love the practical application of the kingdom. I love that God is mysterious, but it's not a mystery. I love that he invites us into what he actually wants us to apprehend. That God actually wants to be in fellowship, in relationship, in friendship with his children. Thank you, Jesus. That God paid this price on the cross to be with us because he wants to be with us. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this, is, this is all called good news. These are all things that we can be excited about. You're like, I'm not here up here to trick you. This is, this is really the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen to that. <laughs> It's called good news for a reason. Listen, God doesn't give promises because he wants to tease us. He gives promises because he wants to invite us deeper and deeper into his fullness and into our fulfillment. That God wants to grow us. And listen, the whole kingdom is wide open for somebody who's willing to apprehend what God said is available. This side of the room isn't sure. <laughs> Come on, the whole kingdom is open for someone who will apprehend what God has said is available. Thank you, Jesus. So the point is that, that we don't just need a catchy slogan or a nice phrase. How do I actually move into the promise? God, if, if greater vision is the promise, awesome. How do I move into greater vision? And I believe that God has taken us into a season of increase. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. But it, it's available for those who want to take his hand and go on the journey where he leads. But how many people know he's worth it? And I... I, found, I think it was interesting that God spoke that to me 
and this was this was a couple of weeks before Renee came and said she was feeling like like God was stirring her to call the church into a fast. So we've started this year on this 21-day fast, and I didn't correlate the words at first until I, until I started preparing for tonight. Like, oh God, you're cutting out the fat, and you have us fasting. So practical. <laughs> People are like, is he serious? <laughs> but God also spoke to me. Um, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but God will sometimes speak to you about things that you weren't asking about. You know, you have those moments where, you know, you have dialogue and you're talking to God. He's talking to you. You love those times. You have those moments where you're asking God something and he just doesn't answer. And you're like, God, where are you? You know, you have those seasons too. And then you have those moments where God talks to you about stuff you're not asking about. And uh, a few months ago, God spoke to me about fasting. And I wasn't, I wasn't in, a, in the middle of a fast. I wasn't praying about fasting. I wasn't asking about fasting in this, in this season. I, I have in, in seasons past. But I'm just hanging out, and God speaks to me. He says, do you know the heart of fasting? And I said, well, what, you, there's something that you want to reveal to me, God. What are, you, what are you telling me? And he said, when you go without what you think sustains you is when you find out what actually sustains you. And so, again, I believe that God has called us into this fast as a church to, to fine-tune our focus. How many people know God doesn't call us into a fast to punish us? God doesn't call us into challenges to, to chastise us, to tease us, that, that he uses things to refine our focus. And to get us exactly where he wants to be and where we want to be. Because how many people know that in his perfect will is the best place to be? And so I believe that this year is the, it's a year of refining, but I don't believe that it's going to be painful. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, I can feel it. People are like, oh, no. No, this, this is not that word, right? This is not the meat grinder word. We're talking about the goodness being refined in the goodness of God. <laughs> in, his, in his pleasure, in his joy. You know that God can use breakthrough moments to train you and to teach you the same as he can use hard moments? We learn more about the nature of God when, when God does something extraordinary through. How many people have ever felt challenged because God did something extraordinary? And God did something so good through you or to you or around you that your, that your paradigm actually had to expand to meet the favor. You had to learn more about yourself. You had to learn more about identity and adoption and what it meant to be a son of God so that you could actually apprehend what he already did. Oh, come on. This is going to be a season of joy. Somebody say joy. A season of fullness. Somebody say fullness. It's going to be a season of increase, but God's preparing us for the increase. If you got your Bible, and I hope you have your Bible, open your Bible to Leviticus 26. In Leviticus 26, um, there's a little story 
behind this. Some of you have heard this before while you're turning there. Um, several years ago, uh, if you've been coming here for a while, you've heard us probably talk about um, some of the exploits that God's done in central Nebraska. It's a place that we that we went uh, nine or ten years in a row. Every year we go back in ministry, and he just took us from glory to glory. Increase to increase. Incredible things. That's where the seven-story tall hospital was, was uh, uh, almost 80% emptied out. This side of the room isn't going to get excited about anything, are you? I, I think I just said that a seven-story tall hospital got emptied out 80%, 80% emptied. That's a whole story in itself. It stayed uh, 80% empty for the better part of five years, and, and then they, they ended up selling the hospital. That crazy story. All these things, um, radical things happen every year when we go. This one particular year, uh, our team landed in the airport in Omaha, and we were driving. It was a hour and 45 minute drive uh, to the city we're going to. So they picked us up in a, in a little bus. We had a big team. And uh, one of our friends on the team named Josh, his brother sent him a text message. And he said, hey, praying for you. He just got this verse for you. And he sent him this verse out of Leviticus. And his brother's like, oh, that's cool. You know, thanks for praying for me. But then a, a minute later, the same verse came through on the phone again. He's like, oh, that's weird. He sent the verse again. A few minutes later, it came through again. He's like, oh, that's weird. He's getting a little trigger happy over there in the text messaging. And, and then it came through again. And here's what happened. that Over the, over the uh, four days or so that we were there, that, that same verse came through via text on his phone over 200 times. And listen, no other text message came through on his phone for the four days. And it got so crazy, Eddie was, was on that trip that Eddie's phone started vibrating with a text message. Oh, first I should say that as, the anoint over, as we're ministering over the weekend, moments that the anointing was, was flowing thick or the prophetic was flowing, his phone would start blowing up and the text started coming in groups of three. <laughs> and in the kingdom, one is declaration, two is witness, and three means now. Okay? I'm just going to preach over here for a while so I feel better. I'm just kidding. I'm coming back. But, uh, and so it would, it would come in groups of three, but Eddie's phone started, about halfway through, Eddie's phone started vibrating with a text alert, but he'd look at his phone. There'd be no text there, but he'd look over at Josh and be like, you just got it again, didn't you? He'd be like, yes. So Eddie's phone got in on the action, too. Now, at the end of the four days, it, we ended with a Sunday night service. At the last service, the end of Sunday night service, all done, we're flying to the airport in the morning. He walks out of the back doors of the church, ministry's all done, and his phone downloads all the other text messages he should have been getting over the last four days. What's God doing? He's getting our attention. Now, what's, what was the verse? If you're there in Leviticus 26, it starts in verse 9 and goes through 12. And this is a promise from God, and I believe that it applies for us today. And it says this, For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. 
you shall eat the old harvest, here it is, and clear out the old because of the new. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. And I believe that there's so much in this, in this promise that God is saying that I'm going to fulfill my covenant with you. How many people think that's good news, that you want to be in on that? And But in this, that God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to walk among you. and I, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. But part of this, part of the key of releasing this is clearing out the old. Come on. To make room for the new. And that actually when you, when you look into this and you study this, uh, it actually can be translated that you're still going to be eating of last year's harvest when the abundance of this year's comes in. But what comes in now is fresh. And what came in before is going old. And we're going to have to choose. Do I hold on to what was good from before or do I let go of that to make room for what's great that's coming now? And listen, I actually feel like we're in so much momentum from God, from heaven, that we're actually coming into a place we're going to have to make these choices. I mean, people know that good is the greatest enemy of great. And listen, so cutting out the fat doesn't, is it doesn't necessarily mean all the bad things, hidden things. Yes, it totally can mean that. But it also means that, man, I might have to give up something good so that I can apprehend something great. And I believe that God's going to be leading us in prayer. He's going to be showing us uh, some of these, these areas. Thank you, Jesus. You know, 2020 and, and God giving us new vision and, and, and him speaking that, that, me, that clearing out the old actually brings us into a place to have new vision or renewed vision or better vision. Thank you, Jesus. But listen, in the, in the Bible, vision oftentimes, almost always applies to a perspective or perception. It doesn't, just, it doesn't just mean like your natural eyesight, obviously. We're talking about vision. We're talking about perspective into the kingdom and who God is and who we are in God and what he says and what he wants to do on the earth and how he wants to do it and how he wants you to do it and what it means to be a son and a daughter that we get upgraded perspective. Oh, that didn't go over well. <laughs> That, that I believe that God is increasing our perspective. So listen, having bad vision, you, you can have bad vision because your eyesight's bad, or you can have your, your vision can be bad because your lens is blurry. So listen, oftentimes having better vision doesn't mean that you even need to get healed of anything. You just need to get a new lens. Thank you, Jesus. God's, God's bringing new lenses for new increased vision and eyesight. Thank you, Jesus. Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. And when you're there, say, I love Jesus. 
Wait a minute. Somebody said, wait a minute. Wait a minute till I love Jesus. I'm about to love him, though. <laughs> In Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23, we've all heard this, but we're going to dive in. It says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? 22 again, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, somebody say good, your whole body will be full of light. You know what's amazing there? And I actually preached on this part before here. But that word good there, when you actually study it, you you look at it in the Greek, it actually means single focus. It doesn't, it doesn't apply, it, it's, its root meaning doesn't first apply to good or bad, like good or evil. It means single focus. But where that meaning is gleaned from is that single focus um, means uh, like an archer and a target. And how many people know that sin, that its original meaning meant to miss the mark. This is not new information, right? Most people knew that. That sin, its original language, meant to miss the mark. What God's best for you, you stepped out of alignment with that, you missed that mark, that's sin. So again, the image of archery. So single focused or good eye, when somebody makes a perfect shot, you say good eye. Good aim. What's it mean? That means you've narrowed your focus and you've attained the goal. You've hit the mark. You have a good eye. It doesn't just, and then, and then you can extrapolate that out to obviously if you are on the mark with God, you're not doing all these things that you shouldn't be doing and looking all these things you shouldn't be looking at. Amen? But that's not the root of the meeting. The root of the meeting is single focused or narrow visioned refinement until we are on the mark. Thank you, Jesus. It also, it, so it also, um, I in the Greek can mean literal, like your eye, or figurative, like vision, sight, imagination. And so again, if it's imagination or, or spiritual vision, spiritual sight, again, it's what are we focusing on? What is our spirit engaged with? So if it's talking about focus, what if it could read like this? The lamp of the body is your focus. If therefore your focus is good, your whole body will be full of light. Well, I thought, I thought it was good. Come on, preacher. That was a good word. Woo. Say it again. Uh, if your focus is good, what you're focused on, what, what, grabs, what grabs your attention? It makes more sense. What grabs your attention? If that's good, if it's focused on God, your whole body is going to be full of light. It's going to reflect, it's going to radiate that goodness that you're focused on. Come on, thank you, Jesus. 
But if your focus is bad, meaning I'm over here and I'm dabbling this and I'm doing this and I'm not giving any time or attention to God, I'm not paying attention to what he's already done for me, I'm distracted and I'm, I'm messing with things that, that take me away from his goodness, guess what? I'm not being filled with light. But I believe that God is refining our focus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. That, that God is, God's desire is to fill us with light. So, so that when you walk around, that you're beaming. <laughs> How many people know that God wants you to be beaming? The reflection of his goodness. Like literally, like people are like, what is it about you? There's something different about you. I don't know what it is, but I have to have it. Come on, thank you, Jesus. It's a weird, it's a weird feeling, but we've had it happen before. People following us around. <laughs> we've had it happen in Israel. I've had it happen at the shopping mall in Reading. I was shopping in Reading and I'm in looking at clothes and there's these teenagers and they're in the same store and they're kind of like all right, hovering around and, and after a while I'm like, like kind of whatever aisle I go down, they kind of end up in the same aisle and I'm like, what are they, are they like secret, secret shoppers? Like what are they, what are they doing? But I pay for whatever I got and I leave the store, there's a couple people with me, but I leave the store and then they leave the store too. And they start following us through the mall, and I'm like, okay, this is getting weird. And, uh, and honestly, my thoughts weren't like kingdom thoughts. I was like, what, why are these teenagers following us, right? So finally, I just got annoyed, and I turned around and I said, excuse me, like, is there something I can help you with? And this, these are teenagers, and this is what they say. They're like, uh, we don't know what it is about you guys, but we just felt different when we were around you. We, uh, we don't know what that is, but can you tell us what that is? Because we want it. And they got born again right there in the mall. Uh, listen, but God wants his whole body to be full of light. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. That God, is, that God is giving us a new perspective and new lenses. In, in John 4, it's the story of uh, the Samaritan woman. Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well, and he asks her for a drink, and she says, what are you, what are you doing talking to me? Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans, let alone a man alone talking to a woman alone. And you know the story, and Jesus by word of knowledge, prophesies about her life, and, and she goes and tells the, the whole village that this man knows everything about me, and they come out, and they all believe on Jesus, the Messiah. But we know this exchange in there. First, I love this part in verse 10, John 4. Uh, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You know, I'm going to read that again. 
If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Do you know what's happening right there? Jesus is narrowing her focus. You know, because she's running around with, you know, dabbling a whole lot of things. She's had five husbands. She's over here, and she's engaged in this, and she's preoccupied with that, and she's distracted by that. And Jesus narrows it down and says, if you knew who was standing before you. And I love that Jesus often takes the ones that we would, we would call the worst cases, the worst, the worst, and he chooses that to display his grace because then none of us have any excuses. <laughs> you can't say there's not grace available for me. Yes, there is. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to be happy then. <laughs> but he says to this woman, he says, if you knew. What's he doing? Narrowing the focus. That you would ask, and I would give you living water. And it goes on, and, uh, and they have this exchange. And the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. That's good. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Thank you, Jesus. We all, we all know this, this point. And then the disciples return. And they have this conversation. In the meantime, the disciples urge him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And we, we talked about this before, but um, in the Aramaic, it's a, it's a synonym there. Food is actually can be the same word. It can be kingdom or feast. So Jesus is saying, I'm actually, I'm actually engaged right now with having a kingdom feast. He's displaying for them what it is to have intimacy with the Father. Why He just spoke the words, true worshipers are going to worship in spirit and truth. Dual. And in that place, he says, I'm putting on display, I'm having a kingdom feast that you know not of. Therefore, his disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now listen, the very next verse says, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Somebody say, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Now, you know what's amazing is that this is one story. This is one story. This is one dialogue. We, we love to, to chop it up and make little separate stories out of it, and, and you can glean so much that you can easily teach uh, on each little segment for weeks. But it's one story. What's the point? 
The point is that Jesus tells this woman, if you knew who was standing in front of you, you would ask and I would give you living water. And then he goes on and says, this is what true worship is going to look like. Those who worship the Father will worship in spirit and truth. And then he says, I'm having a, a kingdom feast that you know not of, but you will know. And then the next thing is lift up your eyes. Have you ever thought to yourself that talking about the harvest and this doesn't make sense? No, I could tell you never thought that. <laughs> Without breaking stride, Jesus goes from living water to true worship to a kingdom feast to lift up your eyes. Why? Because he's talking about these things are what give you a new perspective. Lift up your eyes is elevated eyesight. It's a new perspective. It's a fresh lens. Whoa. When God calls us in a new perspective, he's just calling us into wholehearted worship. He's calling, listen, he's calling us into encounters. Servants will hear this message through, oh, no, I'm in trouble. God's cutting off the fat. Oh, no, this is going to be painful. Sons hear this through, oh, daddy's inviting me into deeper levels of intimacy. Thank you, Jesus. In Ephesians, Ephesians, I'm almost done. Ephesians 1 Paul is praying for the Ephesians here, and I feel like, I was reading this prayer, and I feel like that this, how many people know that, that God's word is both, is both prevalent for the moment it was written, but it's also eternal? I feel like that this prayer is, is for us right now, today. Is it okay if I read it to you? Paul, praying for the Ephesians, he says this, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, here it is, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Thank you, Jesus. But Paul, in this prayer, this, this, this prayer, I get tongue-tied reading this. There is so much weight in this that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when we were raised, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. At his right hand. Whew. That's a mouthful. That's like so compact. It's so weighty. It's so rich. It's so nutrients. It's so amazing. It's so incomprehensible. It's so out of reach unless God 
opens the eyes of our understanding. Unless he gives us the perspective of sons. If God gives us new eyesight, all of a sudden, all of those things start to come into focus. They start to become within reach. They start to become available. We start not even in reach. We start to understand that those things are already been deposited in our account. And you know what happens when we start to embrace this stuff? The riches of his glory. Oh, my goodness, the riches of his glory. (laughs) That when we start to understand this, his power that's already working towards us, when we start to understand this, we start to explode with light. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody want God to give you a refined focus? Does anybody want God to give you a new perspective? A a kingdom version of his lenses. Anybody want to allow God to trim off the, the, the places that would hold us back? You know, I'll end with this, but Paul, Paul says this in Philippians 3, not that I have already attained. That's good news. That means we all qualify. Or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but but listen, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, listen, brethren, listen to me. There is one thing that I do to apprehend the high call of God. What is it? He says, I forget that which is behind. Or the language is forget or let go. Let go of the weights, let go of those things that would hold me back, those things that distract me, those things that take from my focus. And what, listen, what's the focus? My worship. Just coming into his presence. Because if we do that, he's going to start to fill us with his light. Whoa. (laughs) And do you know what happens when you start showing up full of his light? And she starts showing up full of his light, and he starts showing up full of his light. Together, we start showing up full full of his light. Explosions of glory. (laughs) We talked about it last week. But where two or three are gathered in my name, not just an intellectual understanding, but it's a God has opened the eyes of my heart revelation understanding. Whoa, when we all come together full of light, explosions of glory, there he is dwelling in our midst. And he will take us from glory to glory. that we will look back at the miracles of today with thanksgiving. But we will look back at those and go, do you remember those days when, when we thought tumor disappearing was big news? Come on, Jesus. We're going to let God refine our focus. Can I get the team? And... uh
Well, if you want to let God refine your focus, we're just going to pray and ask God to speak to you and speak to us corporately. Again, <clears throat> that if you want to join the fast, it doesn't have to be that you're fasting food. You can fast social media. You can fast television. You can fast your phone. You can fast coffee. I'm four days without coffee. Pray for me. I'm not saying I have a problem. I am saying I need prayer. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that, that you can do to refine your focus. But I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to speak to you right now, and I'm going to ask God to start the process of speaking to you. And listen, don't run from this. He isn't talking to servants. He isn't coming out with a cleaver to chop off arms and legs. No, to be refined in his goodness. To be refined in his goodness. But I'm going to ask God to speak to you right now and just begin to speak. What areas does he want to trim that he can give us a refined focus? And remember Leviticus, even what he wants to trim might be good things. Because sometimes he has to clear out the good to make room for the great. So I'm going to pray. I want you to close your eyes quickly. If any of our team that I spoke to earlier has something to release briefly, I know Janessa, come up here. <clears throat> I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give you just a moment. The team's going to play, and I'm just going to let God speak to you. So, Father, I thank you that this is a year of, yes, trimming fat, but it's a year of refined focus. And it's a year of increased perspective so that we can have greater sight. But God, I pray that you would just begin to speak to us out of your goodness and your glory. Individually, God, I pray that you would come and just begin to show us places that you, that you in your goodness, in your gentleness, that you want to just begin to refine. So I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. couple of team here. We're just going to end with this. They have a couple of declarations that they feel like God is doing over the new year. 
and they're just going to release that over us, and uh, we're going to close. How many people are ex excited about what God has in store for this year? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we stand up? <laughs> here's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Get ready. So here's what we're going to say. Let's put our hands up. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. We're going to see things we've never seen before. Let's say that. We're going to see things we've never seen before. We're going to hear things we've never heard before. Let's declare that. We're going to hear things we've never heard before. And we're going to taste and see that he is so much better than we ever dreamed or imagined. So we just declare that. Father, thank you that we're going to see, hear, and taste more of you in this year. Yeah, um, I just feel like there's so much life on praying and declaring over couples that have been trying to conceive. Uh, maybe it's been for years or for months, but if that's you, can you just um, put your hand on your stomach? And I just want to declare right now for life to be in your womb and that there'd be no complications in Jesus' name. And I actually heard earlier to assign angels of fertility over you in Jesus' name, that it would be easy and you would see this breakthrough happen quickly in Jesus' name. And I just declare that 2020 would be the year of babies. <laughs> babies would come in Jesus' name and hope. I declare right now over your heart for hope for fresh hope that you would know that God wants this for you more than you want it for yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. So close your eyes real quick. When I say the word increase, get a picture of something in your life. I felt like God was saying that we all, we can all picture what a wave looks like. And a lot of times before a wave comes, there is a receding of the water which causes the wave to turn over itself. But God said that this is the year of a tidal wave, and most of us have never seen a tidal wave. And what happens prior to a tidal wave, instead of the water receding, the water actually increases. And I feel like we've all been in a season of increase, but what's coming is something that we've never known before. And the increase that's going to come in 2020, the increase that's going to come in our individual, family, church, city lives is going to be something we've never witnessed before. So God is saying that we are about to experience a wave of his glory that we've never yet beheld and that the increase that we've seen is just the footprint of something that's coming. Yeah, the word that I'm hearing over and over the last couple of weeks for 2020 is the power of redeemed community. We understand the redemption of God in, in, in the individual, but God wants to show the world the power that is inside the church, inside of us collectively. And God wants to knit you in. If you've struggled in that area with feeling knit in, He wants to knit you in closer than you've ever been before. And He wants to express Himself through His people. It's not about me. It's about an us. And there is power, resurrection power in the body, in the us. And so God, I release... God, a knitting in like we've never known before. The greatest waves of revival to ever hit this world have not happened yet. 
And they're going to happen through the body of Christ. They're going to happen through the us. And so, God, I pray for a knitting in. And, God, I pray we break off any separation, any dispute, anything that would keep us from each other and joining our hearts together. We break that in the name of Jesus, and we release the life of the resurrection power of Jesus in Austin, Texas. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus, fill me with light. In Jesus' name. Wow. As he fills you, you become an agent of grace. You become an agent of change. You become molded more and more into his image and his likeness. So we bless you to be. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.